our lessons is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 55th chapter, beginning with verse 1. And the Lord says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that you did not know shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading is from the revelation given to St. John, the third chapter, beginning with verse 17. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. Thanks be to God. Round the sun. 
We hear again the words of our text from Isaiah 55, the first three verses. The Lord says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. On the glass coffee table in front of me, he had placed his confirmation certificate from 50 years ago. It's a man who is now in his early 70s. And I picked it up and looked at it. It was rather yellow from age. And uh, I noticed that the confirmation verse that he had been been assigned was from Romans chapter 3, beautiful verse of the gospel and of what Christ has done for us. And by his own admission, he told me that he had not been to church now since he was a teenager. He was now in his 70s. And I began to talk to him about it. His wife was joining our church. She had recently gone through adult instruction, and uh, he said that he wouldn't need any instruction because he had gone through confirmation and he brought out the documents to show me. And uh, so as we began to talk, I began asking him some questions and I was asking him why he had stayed away from God's house and word and sacrament for so many years and he had plenty of reasons and excuses. And finally I asked him, so you're a Christian? Yes, he said. And, And I said, I assume you plan to be in heaven someday, yes. And I said, on what basis do you think God will let you into heaven? And for about two minutes or more, he went on explaining about what a wonderful person he had been throughout his life. And how I remember him saying, I've never robbed a bank. I remember him saying, I've never done drugs. I've never cheated on my wife. And he had a whole list of things. He went on and on for quite a while. And finally, when he got done, I said to him, I just noticed that in your response, your answer to me, you never once mentioned Christ. You never once mentioned that you have a Savior. And you were clearly taught this when you were young. I read him his Bible passage, his confirmation passage again. I said, you were clearly taught this. When we stay away from feasting on the bread of life, our faith starts to die and shrivel and there's a point they claim at which people get so sick by not eating that they don't even have an appetite anymore. And this man had clearly started to switch to a natural religion of relying on himself, which is inside of all of us, a natural religion of relying on his own goodness. And it didn't take much in the conversation to get him to realize how futile that is and how empty that really is. In the text before us, Isaiah, God uses Isaiah to speak to us and speaks about how human beings have the temptation to search in so many of the wrong places to find the things that we think are going to satisfy us in life. And that can be a variety of things. God says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy 
kind of like, like people that maybe are out on a boat on the ocean and they get thirsty and they want to just scoop up handfuls of, of salt water to drink that as if it's going to quench their thirst and it does nothing but the opposite. It just makes them sicker and their kidneys can't function with all of the salt intake. I remember in, in seminary, one of our professors, when we would read this text, would talk about non-bread. He called it non-bread. And that's the, the, the answer that the world gives us that's going to satisfy this hunger inside of all of us, all of us for something that's going to be meaningful and purposeful and give us some, some sense of why we are here in life, this non-bread. And God is directing us away from all of these things that ultimately are lacking and all the things that are going to ultimately leave us empty in all the meaningless stuff in this world. And, and it can be material possessions. It can be chasing after a particular pleasure that, that seems to fill us up for a certain amount of time. And it can also be the philosophies of life. It can be the religion of that man's heart that, that can end up being so shallow and so empty ultimately. There, there are so many things in this life that, that tempt me to provide me with at least some kind of satisfaction. And maybe for a time they do. Maybe for a time there's a little bit of wetting of my appetite for these things. And yet ultimately they don't last. Ultimately they lead to nothing but a grave and to death. Death finally just strips all of it away. Luther paraphrases God in this text. He says... You are always looking, listening, and going elsewhere. But I say to you, unless you incline your ear and come in this direction, you will die of starvation. Every other religion asks you to bring along your spiritual wallet when you come to the altar for your hope of heaven. There's always going to be a cost in it for you. There's always going to be something in it that you have to put out and have to expend. There's going to be a requirement made of you. That's typically the way we go shopping. That's the way our malls work. It's the way our stores work. And we can naturally think that's how it works when it comes between us and God. But God has come and opened up a completely different store, a completely different type of shopping. The owner of this store invites you to leave your wallet at home. He invites you to come in without anything in your hands. And he invites you for what he offers to be nothing but free. And he gives rather than takes from you. The certainty of heaven, the certainty of getting to go to heaven someday, is placed in front of you on his counter. And he just says, it's all done. It's all been taken care of. His own son has handled it himself. When he stretched out his arms on the cross and bled for you and died and was put in a grave, that was the purchase price. And so offering God any kind of money from you, something you have to do, is meaningless because it's already been paid for. It is finished. The one who owns the very, the, the very heaven that you hope to occupy someday has already been paid in full by the work of his son on your behalf. And so God comes to you and me and he says, just listen, listen. It's all taken care of. There's nothing yet to do. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And he alone has provided this bread of life, Christ our Lord Jesus, and what he's done for us. 
That very Savior who says to you and me, I am the bread of life, he who comes to me will never go hungry. It can't be that easy. This is too easy. It can't be that easy. That's the gut-gut reaction inside of human beings. To just walk into the store and it's free just seems way too easy. Years ago, I was teaching about 40 children in a vacation Bible school over in Ukraine and uh, would take some college students over and we'd all teach classes over there. And during that VBS that summer, I was working with a translator who was Greek Orthodox, a Ukrainian woman, and was just hired by this Lutheran church to translate for me. And so as I would teach, I would have to stop every 15 seconds and she would translate to the children. And one day I brought along a little present and I was impressing upon the children how our hope of going to heaven is just a gift from God. It's a present from God. And as I said that to them, she refused to translate. And she looked at me and she said, what? <laughs> and I said, tell the children. And she said, but that's not right. I said, yes, tell the children. So she translated those words for me. Afterwards, I told her, I said, have you never heard that before? No, that heaven is just a gift. And there happened to be a Ukrainian Lutheran pastor there with his Bible, and I sent her over to him, and I said, look up Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and read that to her. And while I was talking to the kids, I remember looking over, and she just had this startled look on her face. What an amazing thing that our God has done to just give us heaven because of Christ, and to do that freely. Now, there are plenty of good Lutherans, Lutheran pastors, devout Christian people, pious religious people who still deep down inside of us, I know it's in my heart too, can have a little bit of fear about Judgment Day. Maybe there's some particular thing that's still stinging in my conscience from way back in my youth. Maybe it's something that I've struggled with my whole life. There are a lot of different things that can that can make us feel like there still might need to be something else that has to be offered. If you sit here today and are very aware of your sin and if you kind of tremble at the thought of having to stand in front of God someday on the day of judgment, and if you're fearful of the possibility of hell itself, maybe thinking that there's one particular sin that just seems to stand out in your mind above everything else, and today I invite you to take heart and I invite you to have confidence because if that's where you're at, you're the very one God is speaking to with these words when he says, come and buy and eat. Don't bring any money. You're the very one that he is calling into his store and you're the very one to whom he wants to show his mercy and his grace. You are the one that he wants to take to heaven. So put your wallet away. The Christian God, the God of the Bible, is not an antagonist toward humanity, but is rather the God with us, Emmanuel, and the God for us. Other religions maybe view God as your enemy or a higher authority to whom you must subject yourself or face his wrath or someone to whom you owe a great debt but the Christian God lowers himself down to you. He comes to take your place. 
And he comes to be abused and tormented so that you never will know what that's like. That same Lord says to you, I will make with you an everlasting covenant. In your heart, come and buy and eat without any money in your hands. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Abide with us and with all the faithful through time and eternity. 